by Anton Pavlovich Chekhov. Translated by Constance Garnett. Read by Paul Rizek. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Maxim Torchikov, a farmer in southern Russia, was driving home from church with his young wife and bringing back an Easter cake which had just been blessed. The sun had not yet risen, but the east was all tinged with red and gold, and had dissipated the haze which usually, in the early morning, screens the blue of the sky from the eyes. It was quiet. The birds were hardly yet awake. The corncrake uttered its clear note, and far away above a little tumulus, a sleepy kite floated, heavily flapping its wings, and no other living creature could be seen all over the steppe. Torchikov drove on, and thought that there was no better nor happier holiday than the Feast of Christ's Resurrection. He had only lately been married, and was now keeping his first Easter with his wife. Whatever he looked at, whatever he thought about, all seemed to him bright, joyous, and happy. He thought about his farming, and thought that it was all going well, that the furnishing of his house was all the heart could desire, there was enough of everything, and all of it good. He looked at his wife, and she seemed to him lovely, kind, and gentle. He was delighted by the glow in the east, and the young grass, and the squeaking shafts, and the kite and when on the way he ran into a tavern to light a cigarette and drink a glass, he felt happier still. It is said, Great is the day, he chattered. Yes, it is great. Wait a bit, Lizaveta. The sun will begin to dance. It dances every Easter, so it rejoices too. It is not alive, said his wife. But there are people on it, exclaimed Torchikov. There really are. Ivan Stepanich told me that there are people on all the planets, on the sun and on the moon. Truly, but maybe the learned men tell lies. The devil only knows. Surely, surely that is not a horse. Yes, it is. At the crooked ravine, which was just a half-way to the journey home, Torchikov and his wife saw a saddled horse, standing motionless and sniffing last year's dry grass. On a hillock beside the roadside, a red-haired Cossack was sitting doubled up, looking at his feet. Christ is risen! Maxim shouted at him. Whoa! Truly he is risen answered the Cossack, without raising his head. "'Where are you going?' "'Home on leave.' "'Why are you sitting here, then?' "'Why, I've fallen ill. I haven't the strength to go on.' "'What's wrong?' "'I ache all over.' "'Hm. What a misfortune. People are keeping holiday, and you fall sick. But you should ride on to the village or an inn. What's the use of sitting here?' The Cossack raised his head, and with big, exhausted eyes scanned Maxime and his wife and the horse. "'Have you come from church?' he asked. "'Yes.' "'The holiday found me on the high road. "'It was not God's will for me to reach home. "'I'd get on my horse at once and ride off, but I haven't the strength. "'You might, good Christians, give a wayfarer some Easter cake to break his fast.' "'Easter cake?' Torchikov repeated. "'That we can, to be sure. "'Stay, I'll—' "'Maxim fumbled quickly in his pockets, glanced at his wife, and said, "'I haven't a knife, nothing to cut it with.' I don't like to break it. It would spoil the whole cake. There's a problem. You look and see if you haven't got a knife. The Cossack got up groaning and went to his saddle to get a knife. What an idea, said Torchikov's wife angrily. I won't let you slice up the Easter cake. What should I look like taking it home already cut? Ride on to the peasants in the village and break your fast there. The wife took the napkin with the Easter cake in it out of her husband's hands and said, I won't allow it. One must do things properly. It's not a loaf, but a holy Easter cake. "'and it's a sin to cut it just anyhow.' "'Well, Cossack, don't be angry,' laughed Torchikov. "'The wife forbids it. Good-bye. Good luck on your journey.' Maxim shook the reins, clicked to the horse, and the chaise rolled on squeaking. 
For some time his wife went on grumbling and declaring that to cut the Easter cake before reaching home was a sin and not the proper thing. In the east the first rays of the rising sun shone out, cutting their way through the feathery clouds, and the song of the lark was heard in the sky. Now not one, but three kites were hovering over the steppe at a respectful distance from one another. Grasshoppers began cheering in the young grass. When they had driven three-quarters of a mile from the crooked ravine, Torchikov looked round and stared intently into the distance. "'I can't see the Cossack,' he said. "'Poor dear fellow, to take it into his head to fall ill on the road. There couldn't be a worse misfortune, to have to travel and not have the strength. I shouldn't wonder if he dies by the roadside. We didn't give him any Easter cake, Lizaveta, and we ought to have given it. I'll be bound if he wants to break his fast, too.' The sun had risen. But whether it was dancing or not, Torchikov did not see. He remained silent all the way home, thinking and keeping his eyes fixed on the horse's black tail. For some unknown reason he felt overcome by depression, and not a trace of the holiday gladness was left in his heart. When he arrived home and said, Christ is risen, to his workmen, he grew cheerful again and began talking, but when he sat down to break the fast and had taken the bite of his Easter cake, he looked regretfully at his wife and said, It wasn't right for us, Lizaveta not to give that Cossack something to eat. "'You are a queer one, upon my word,' said Lizaveta, shrugging her shoulders in surprise. "'Where did you pick up such fashion as giving away the holy Easter cake on the high road? Is it an ordinary loaf? Now that it is cut and lying on the table, let anyone eat it that likes. You're Cossack, too. Do you suppose I grudge it?' "'That's all right, but we ought to have given the Cossack some. Why, he was worse off than a beggar or an orphan. On the road and far from home and sick, too.' Torchikov drank half a glass of tea, and neither ate nor drank anything more. He had no appetite, the tea seemed to choke him, and he felt depressed again. After breaking their fast, his wife and he lay down to sleep. When Lizaveta woke two hours later, he was standing by the window, looking into the yard. "'Are you up already?' asked his wife. "'I somehow can't sleep.' "'Ah, Lizaveta,' he sighed, "'we were unkind, you and I, to that Cossack.' "'Talking about the Cossack again,' yawned his wife. "'You have got him on the brain. "'He has served his czar, shed his blood, maybe, "'and we treated him as though he were a pig. "'We ought to have brought the sick man home and fed him, "'and we did not even give him a morsel of bread. "'Catch me letting you spoil the Easter cake for nothing, "'and one that's been blessed, too. "'You would have cut it up on the road, "'and shouldn't I have looked the fool when I got home?' "'Without saying anything to his wife, "'Maxime went to the kitchen, "'wrapped up a piece of cake in a napkin, together with half a dozen eggs, and went to the laborers in the barn. "'Kuzma, put down your concertina,' he said to one of them. "'Saddle the bay, or Ivanchik, and ride briskly to the crooked ravine. There you will see a sick Cossack with a horse, so give him this. Maybe he hasn't ridden away yet.' Maxime felt cheerful again, but after waiting for Kuzma for some hours, he could bear it no longer, so he saddled a horse and went off to meet him. He met him just at the ravine. "'Well, have you seen the Cossack?' I can't find him anywhere. He must have ridden on. Hmm. A queer business. Torchikov took the bundle from Kuzma and galloped on further. When he reached Shastrovo, he asked the peasants, Friends, have you seen a sick Cossack with a horse? Did he ride by here? A red-headed fellow on a bay horse. The peasants looked at one another and said that they had not seen the Cossack. The returning postman drove by, it's true, but as for a Cossack or anyone else, there has been no such. Maxime got home at dinner-time. "'I can't get that Cossack out of my head. Do what you will,' he said to his wife. "'He gives me no peace. I keep thinking. What if God meant to try us, and send some saint or angel in the form of a Cossack, 
It does happen, you know. It's bad, Lizaveta. We were unkind to that man. What do you keep pestering me with that Cossack for? cried Lizaveta, losing her patience at last. You stick to it like tar. You are not kind, you know, said Maxim, looking into his wife's face. And for the first time since his marriage, he perceived that his wife was not kind. I may be unkind, cried Lizaveta, tapping angrily with her spoon, but I am not going to give away the holy Easter cake to every drunken man on the road. The Cossack wasn't drunk. He was drunk. Well, you're a fool, then. Maxim got up from the table and began reproaching his young wife for hard-heartedness and stupidity. She, getting angry, too, answered his reproaches with reproaches, burst into tears, and went away into their bedroom, declaring that she would go home to her father's. This was the first matrimonial squabble that happened in the Tortchikov's married life. He wandered about the yard until evening, picturing his wife's face, and it seemed to him now spiteful and ugly. And as though to torment him, the Cossack haunted his brain, and Maxime seemed to see, now his sick eyes, now his unsteady walk. "'Ah, we were unkind to that man,' he muttered. When it got dark he was overcome by an insufferable depression such as which he had never felt before. Feeling so dreary and being angry with his wife, he got drunk, as he had sometimes done before he was married. In his drunkenness he used bad language and shouted to his wife that she had a spiteful, ugly face, and that next day she would send her to packing to her father's. On the morning of Easter Monday he drank some more to sober himself and got drunk again. And with that his downfall began. His horses, cows, sheep, and hives disappeared one by one from the yard. Maxime was more and more often drunk. Debts mounted up, and he felt an aversion for his wife. Maxime put down all his misfortunes to the fact that he had an unkind wife, and above all, that God was angry with him on account of the sick Cossack. Lizaveta saw their ruin, but who is to blame for it, she did not understand. End of The Cossack by Anton Pavlovich Chekhov